The government is defending its plan to build a receiving station for the liquefied natural gas in Taoyuan near an algal reef. Activists want a referendum to relocate the station, which they say would threaten the marine ecosystem. But the economics minister says a referendum could delay the project for up to 11 years. This, she said, would translate to burning up to 5 million more tonnes of coal to replace the natural gas. If the station at Datan is not built, it's very likely that our efforts to cut coal consumption in central Taiwan and even Kaohsiung will be undone. More than 350,000 people have signed a petition for a referendum on protecting Datan's Algal Reef. With the prospect of a referendum looming, Economics Minister Wang Meihua said that a vote could delay work on Taiwan's third LNG station project. Relocating the project from Datan to Taipei Port would require an environmental impact assessment that could take as long as 11 years. During that period there would be an enormous shortfall in Taiwan's energy mix. An estimated 5 million tonnes of coal are needed to fill the gap. That 5 million tonnes would wipe out the years of work done at Taichung Power Plant to reduce coal use by 6 million tonnes. The KMT is unwilling to admit to past problems with its energy policies. President Tsai's government has brought down the risk of damage to its minimum. Of course, our hope is not to do any damage at all. But during this process, the government has had to make some difficult choices. This is outrageous and unbelievable and unacceptable. The referendum on the Algal Reef is a separate issue. If this argument is being used to threaten the people who are told that coal must be used to replace LNG, we absolutely can not accept it. KMT lawmakers dismiss the government's argument as groundless. We are absolutely not trying to threaten the people. When we plan to increase the usage of LNG at Datan, the goal was to reduce the use of coal. If this plan is affected, we will probably need to increase the usage of coal as we won't have the planned units 8 and 9 at the Datan plant. That's something we wouldn't want to see either. The receiving station project is related to future electricity demand in northern Taiwan and relates to whether Taichung provides power for the north. It relates to the timetable for the reduction of coal. Of course, it is even more related to Taiwan's energy transition. At this juncture, this plan is most suitable for a timetable for future electricity supply. The government stressed that the receiving station project is not a clash between environmental protection and the economy. Rather, it's a choice that must be made between different forms of environmental protection, it said. Officials have made their case, but it remains to be seen if it will convince the hundreds of thousands of people who have signed the petition. For the first time in decades, Taiwan's top diplomat in Japan visited the residence of his U.S. counterpart on Tuesday. U.S. acting ambassador Joseph Young shared photos of the exchange on his Twitter page. Young wrote that he and Taiwan representative Frank Shea discussed shared priorities across a range of topics, including regional stability, economic prosperity and stronger people-to-people -people ties. The two envoys shared a meal and Shea signed a guest book at the residence. This was the first time since Taipei and Washington ended formal relations in 1979 that a Taiwanese representative to Japan was invited to the home of the U.S. ambassador. Journalist Akio Yaita, who leads the Taipei Bureau of the Sankei Shimbun, says the milestone could be a sign of more breakthroughs to come. He said Biden is likely to continue engaging closely with Taiwan without self-imposed restrictions on meetings with officials, preserving the policy of his predecessor, Donald Trump. He says that as the U.S. deepens its engagement with Taiwan, Japan may be encouraged to follow suit.
Health Minister Tun Zedong was a special guest on an FTV political talk show on Thursday. The minister spoke at length on the hot topic of the day, Taiwan's first batch of COVID vaccines, which are undergoing government inspection. As everyone has got a so-called urgent need, once the vaccine supplies reach a certain baseline, I believe that the global dash for doses will ease up. With the AstraZeneca vaccines, we must first perform a sealing test. That will be handled by the FDA. We're actually moving quite fast with this first batch. The documentation for this shipment is extremely comprehensive. We're aiming to complete all the testing in as little as seven days. But I have told the FDA that this is the first batch, so we cannot be careless during inspection. Chen said he's asked the National Health Research Institutes to set up a platform where side effects from the vaccine can be published and made known to the public. As for who gets the jabs first, the minister said again that frontline medical staff will get priority. The machinery business is thriving in Taiwan, with the industry forecast to generate 1.2 trillion NT in revenue this year. Export turnover is set to jump 15%, despite the challenges of the foreign exchange rate. The chairman of the Taiwan Association of Machinery Industry, or TAMI, has urged the government to enact measures to support the sector. Ke Ba Shi, TAMI chairman, has made an impassioned plea on behalf of his industry. Machinery faces labour shortages and rising freight costs. But most of all, they're worried about the exchange rate. The rising NT dollar is a big burden for export. We want the machinery industry to receive central bank protection. We also hope to keep up with rival countries, especially Korea, to rise and fall together. Kerr urged the central bank to take advantage of the favourable economic climate. TAMI estimates that machinery will be a 1.2 trillion NT dollar industry this year, with exports worth up to 30 billion US dollars. That represents year-on-year -year growth of 15% and new record highs. Depending on the orders in the second quarter, some say a new golden decade could be dawning. In fact, globally, everyone will need to buy machinery for the second industrial base they want after the US-China trade war. This gives us in the machinery industry a big opportunity. The pandemic has also created new opportunities for us. Almost every country is importing mask manufacturing facilities to produce these daily essentials or other strategic necessities. Kerr also called on the government to raise business tax credits from 5% to 15% and to extend them by five years to encourage the return of Taiwanese investment capital. The 5% business tax credits only help so much. We would actually hope tax credits can be raised to 15%. They are coming to an end this August. And we want that time frame extended another five years. Taiwan investing in Taiwan will always be our greatest development asset. Industry leaders hope that as well as stabilising the foreign exchange rate, the government will create a favourable tax environment to allow machinery to flourish. Let's take a trip now to rural Yunlin, where a small village produces an extraordinary number of lawyers and doctors. Fan Shui Liao in Shuilin Township has, no, has been known as a source of top students for generations. Now its Hanjimi Pond has also become a popular tourist destination. Locals pray at Shuntian Temple in Shuiling Township. Over a century old, the temple is dedicated to the goddess Matsu in Sitsim Fan Shui Liao village. 
also called Fanshuzuo, the area has two claims to fame, plenty of potato fields and generations of top students. We did a survey, and in the legal field, we have produced more than 20 judges, public prosecutors and lawyers. In medicine, we have over 50 doctors. Everyone here works hard. Lawyer Wang Dongshan was one of the top students in her day. Meanwhile, 200 meters walk from the temple lies Hajimi Pond, a local beauty spot. Fan is a place that attracts cultured people together. I think the owner of the land here is very generous in creating this link between the Soil and Water Conservation Bureau and the pond, which is actually on private land. They work together to open it up and create a public space. In recent years, developments around Hajime Pond have turned it into a popular tourist spot. It's an area to look out for next time you're in Yunling. Garfield the Cat is one of the world's most beloved cartoon characters. Now, a pet-friendly restaurant has opened in Taoyuan, inspired by the owner's love for his own real-life Garfield. But he wasn't always a cat lover. The exotic, short-haired cat managed to melt the owner's fear of felines. So fluffy, so round and plump, so perpetually sleepy-eyed. This exotic short-haired kitty is a spitting image for the world-famous cartoon hero Garfield. Now he's king of this restaurant in Taoyuan's Dashi, and His Majesty has a steady stream of adoring subjects making calls. <laughs> restaurant owner Yo Qingti is an incorrigible cat lover. He used to be scared of felines, though, and was terrified when his daughter brought a newborn exotic short-haired cat home. But in time, love blossomed. Now the dim sum chef of 30 years has decided to bring together his pet and his love for eating out. I used to take my cat out to go to eat in restaurants, and every single restaurant refused me. I put him in a cage and they still refused me. So I thought about it, talked with my wife and we said, if we can't take pets to eat in other restaurants, then let's open our own pet-friendly restaurant where all animals can come in and eat. Yo rented a dilapidated, weed-covered old brick restaurant in Dashi. Within eight months, they did it up, making it into this charming, cosy, animal-friendly eatery. This giant sculpture greets visitors and is, of course, modelled on the cat himself. When I came here and I saw this red brick building, I thought, I want a restaurant that belongs to me. Now you don't have to choose between satisfying your taste buds and adoring your pets. You never know, you might get to meet Garfield too.